I blame it on your terrible palate. Just make that the teaser. <laughs> Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we are the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. Hello, hello. Salutations. Good morning, good evening, good midday, wherever you may be. We're just thankful you are interested enough to hear what we have to say. Wherever you are, thanks for making us a part of your day. And it is a big day today because we have two extremely important guests. You might have heard one of these guests before. Our friend from all the way up in Chicago, Ryan Lay, coming back to redeem himself after doing such a terrible job on the Stranahan's blind, getting everything wrong. Are you ready to step in the ring again today, Ryan? I definitely am. After that epic night we had last night epic for your fail. Well, no, it last yeah, that epic fail. I'd like to do better compared to what I did a couple months ago, but after last night's epic pours for your birthday. Zeke and the dads, uh, which we'll talk about. I'm excited to redeem myself. Why are you getting ahead of yourself here? I, well, I'm I just excited. wanted people to say hello to you. I'm just you. getting excited. I know. He's, he's very, very excited. <laughs> Along with Ryan, we have Deshaun Bats, who's here with us all the way from Louisville. And if you happen to drink Willet, you might know this man. He is even in a Willet shirt right now. That's how much. <laughs> He is a homer for the brand. Welcome. Puts me in the mood. I know. Thank you very, very much for coming. Uh, Some people might know Ryan from listening to other shows, but tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into bourbon, how you got into whiskey, what do you like about it, things like that, the normal gamut. You know, I live right up the road in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, my first experience with, I guess, good bourbon was out of a trunk, believe it or not. I was in college, had the backpack, had the swill. (laughs) <laughs> and and what did somebody just drive up next to you and say, "Hey, do you want to you want to try something good?" Yeah, I actually had experienced some Booker's, believe it or not. And when you come from Jim Beam White Label, experience Booker Barrel Proof out of a trunk is kind of uh, a life changing experience. So, well, I'll tell you. I mean, I tell people what sold me to transfer to UK was I had Jim Beam White Label. I had too much of it. <laughs> and I walked up on the floor, and uh, I went to a UK basketball game, and I walked up, and I saw, I was a little bit tipsy, and I saw the big UK on the floor. Kentucky just has a way of doing that to you. You might have a white label, you might have Booker's, you might have, those, back in those days, though, we were all drinking like Tornado, and we didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I'm guzzling it. Just mixing it with Coke. Yeah, Alberti Lee, Tornado, Pappy, all that stuff was just readily available, and we didn't know what it was. Well, thank you very, very much for making the drive down. We're very excited to have you here because both of you came here. It was Zeke's birthday on Wednesday. It was also the Dad's Drinking Bourbon one-year anniversary. So, Zeke, we had some people over. And it seemed to be a pretty good night from what I saw. We did. It was a good time. Um, there was no pretenses about it, uh, no, no expectations, admissions, etc. Just show up, bring what you think is a fun pour or pours, and let's just have a good time. The Nashville bourbon community obviously is pretty solid. We just don't all find a way to get together enough, and we did our best to, to make that happen. And you know, lots of great guys came out, and even better was even more great pours happened. 
And we got people from out of town. I mean, we got Ryan and Deshaun here. Luckily, you have a place for them to sleep. And the couch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get a bed. Come on. Five star. A little more Five crap. star. <laughs> That's what I get to sleep on. Five star. Do you guys actually have to give him a rating on Airbnb when you come to the No, the it's house? just blocked off. Yes. It's just blocked off. I want to see what the rating would be if they actually had The linens are fine. They are. Zeke, people don't realize it. I mean, Zeke has soaps out for you guys here. It's like a hotel. It's wild, especially when you wake up in the morning and Zeke's there frying you up some eggs. I just wish he'd put some pants on while he did it. Yeah. Hey, nothing's better than frying bacon naked. Yeah. And, and he is drinking uh, Lagunitas Willitize yes. while he's doing yes. it. At room temperature. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you when I when you guys invited us down uh, for the the birthday party uh, that we had last night, you're like, oh, okay, everybody just bring a bottle. You know, nothing too crazy. We're looking for store picks, things that we might not have here down in Tennessee. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna be the one that brings a cool bottle, right? So I've got a, a stag, a GTS that I'm gonna bring down, like, and we're gonna open it on the day of the birthday party, right? I get down here, and everyone's like obviously thought the exact same thing and had my, my let's just put it this way the george t stag was low on the totem pole lost in translation did anybody drink it last night and nobody drank it i think i think i drank <laughs> the majority of it i had i was like again when it is the low man on totem pole you just shake your head and said i tried i tried forcing it on people i'm like did you have 2017 george t stag yet and everyone was like yeah i've had that i was like oh, okay well, when people come here and they bust out a 27-year-old Willet, you know, we went through a lot of the epic Willets that were in the 10 to 15-year range. We had somebody brought a JPS 16. There was three 20s. There was three 20-year Willets. And or older. Mm-hmm. Or older, right. And so then, then we had, I think, seven other 10 to 18-year Willets. Well, and Deshaun, you brought the, um, the old granddad. What year was that one? 1989. Yeah, 1989 National had a 77 um, Turkey. Seven, yeah, Brent yeah. Bourbon Connection brought the 77 Turkey. CGF. It was uh, Zeke busted out of the, the cheesy gold foil. I think it's like one of those things when you're with your wife or significant other and you tell them we have to go someplace and, and we have to be ready by 930. We really might not need to be ready by 1030, but you're telling them 930 just with the expectation that people are going to shoot earlier. Here. So, so what we're thinking there is if we say store pick, we know what the community is like. But then if somebody came, I didn't want somebody, and Zeke didn't want somebody that if they came and all they had was a store pick, we didn't want somebody to feel like they would be left out. No. If no. that's all they brought. And there was, there was some great store picks that, as we've already discovered, have beaten out some of the Pappy line, some of the BT, you know, the BTAC line. Store picks are the wave of the future, and I, I fully support that. So, are you saying store pick or private pick? Is there, a, is there a hierarchy here? From what I understand, private picks are number one, and then store picks are just the leftover barrels that are coming down the pipeline. Do you believe that to be the... I think it really comes down to... This is something that we could talk about for hours, right? But it comes down to, do you want the brand profile, or do you like something a little bit different? Do you like something unique that not everybody can get, or are you looking for something that is is on profile or off profile? Well, you always want to try and get an on profile, but I think that anytime that I know somebody who actually picked the barrel, I want that pick, just because of the of you know me knowing them and knowing that they have a good 
profile like Dishon. But if it's on profile, then why don't you just buy the bottle at the store? I'm not why sure. I'm not sure that everybody everybody has the same good profile. I'm messing with you right, right. now. I'm sorry. <laughs> just don't worry. Last night was just I am humbled. Zeke, I don't know how you feel, but the community, there were a lot of people that didn't even know each other that got together. There were people that had only talked on Instagram previously or through Facebook or had seen each other like, hey, I've seen you in a group somewhere. Your name is familiar. Uh, but the generosity and and just the community aspect of it never ceases to amaze me in the bourbon community every day. And I have a question here for Deshaun, who mm-hmm. is coming into Nashville blind. I mean, you know some of us here. You didn't know everybody at the party. How crazy was it to be able to come to that and just meet people and talk to people? And Nashville is a pretty welcoming place, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you walk into the room and you notice that there's a bunch of bourbon geeks. So you immediately cling to that. But you notice that everyone was talking to someone they might not have known, didn't even know their name, but they had a common interest. And I felt that was just it was just above and beyond what I anticipated this uh, birthday extravaganza would be. It was it was more of kind of a a testament to this hobby, this niche, where you can get a group of guys who don't even know their names to get get together, brotherhood, and have a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. I think people do that about Game of Thrones too, though. Uh, yes, Game of Thrones is definitely we could we could do that too. We could we could sit there <laughs> and talk about Game of Thrones for a while. I, I, I can do Game of Thrones any and, day, but even any night, any night. And we locked out Zeke. Thank you. I mean, I know we are a team, but thank you for no, providing the place to host it. it. It always means the most to to pull people together and put names, faces, bottles together, and that's where it sits. I mean, everybody talks about have you had this? We all message random people. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? But then, oh, let's all taste all these together. That's a whole different experience and a whole different level of just, hey, we we finally put some pieces of the puzzle together and had a good time. And I think it's something that we'll do more and more as time goes on. But alas, we are 10 minutes into this thing and it's about time we talked about drinking something. So what are we doing tonight? We are going to put George T. Stagg up against Colonel E.H. Taylor up against Stagg Jr. in a blind. Now, what we did here to make things a little bit different is that there are a lot of different proofs of E.H. Taylor and there's a lot of different proofs of Stagg Jr. Now, we had those first. Now, Zeke and I can already tell you from our 2017 year in review and what we've done we have had a lot of Colonel E.H. Taylor barrel proofs, and we think that the 128.1 is the best one. So we have decided to put that one up. We had not done that against Stag, so we had a lot of prep for this show. What we did is we put a Stag Junior that is 129.5, we had 130 proof, we had a 131.9 proof, and a 132.5 proof. As you guys can tell from probably listening to my voice, I am still not at my A game. So this call to the bullpen is brought to you by Dad's Drinking Bourbon. And we brought in two people, in Deshaun and Ryan, that are going to kind of be my tasters. I have tasted these so that I can talk about it with you guys. But let's talk about the 129.5, 130, 131.9, And we'll let everybody know what proof we actually got down to before we put this in a blind. 
So Ryan, you go first. Give us your your quick and dirty tasting notes on these and the one that you like the best. Not a problem. So what I'll start off with is I'll go lowest to highest and we'll start off with the 129.5. For me, I'm just gonna go over what the taste was. And to me that 129.5 was very sweet. There was a bit of a candy corn taste to it. And the 130 had some cotton candy. It was sugary. Uh, it was a little thin on the finish. 131.9. It was a bit of a green apple. It didn't have all the sourness that some of those young green apples have. A uh, touch of floral. And then the 132.5 was probably the thinnest to begin with, but hottest on the back end with uh, with a lot of spice, touch of cinnamon. So which one did you like the best? It's still a toss-up, 129.5 and 130, I would say. Deshaun, which one did you like the most? Give us a little bit of tasting notes on that. On the 129.5, I got sweetness on the nose, um, dark fruit on the palate, a little bit of cherries all around, pretty good pour. On the 130, it was oily up front, balanced, long linger on the finish. 131.9, you know, I got a little chocolate on the nose, bright fruit, and that a testament to the, the sour apple taste on the palate. And the 132.5 was by far the thinnest and the spiciest, it, it kind of built and spiced. It was almost uh, overwhelming. Um, so for me, uh, the 130.0 checked the boxes. It was oily, it was balanced, it had linger, it had good fruits. Uh, for me, that's that's the one that I landed on. It was really close between 129.5 and 130, but the 130 won out for me. Zeke, last but certainly not least, Let's see, I have one two nine five. Nose light astringent, then heavy dark fruit, some black cherry, a little bit of juicy palate, dark cherry and raisin, somewhere in a blend, maybe apricot on the backside. Finish, basically just a continuance, uh, but nothing exceptional. 130.0, pretty astringent on the nose, then really frou-frou. Uh, not dark fruit. And by that, I mean like juicy fruit versus like dark chocolate over some strawberries or cherries or something. I love hearing a guy from North Georgia go, not very frou-frou. I will textbook and find the definition of frou-frou when we get done. It's out there. <laughs> Palette-wise, I actually thought it was soft and uh, built up pretty well. But even as it builds up, it's still lighter than darker of a fruit flavor. Finish, um, I just put down it was the same as the 129.5 to me, uh, just a continuance of what the palette was. Didn't last anything exceptional, but you know, it was there. I'm just gonna call BS for a second, by the way. I'm gonna stop you because I wanna let you know that Ryan Lay was so worried about his showing last time that while you're sitting here giving your tasting notes right now, Zeke, he grabbed the 128.1 E.H. Taylor, and he was going to pour some of the glass. He's going to take was a pool. Sniff it. Listen, I'm, I don't want to call that I don't want to. I don't want to mess this up again, especially when I say that 128.1 is one of my favorite bottles of last year. And now we're doing a. <laughs> He's going to like Stag Junior. <laughs> we haven't got there yet. I know, but I just wanted to make sure that I what I wrote down was oh, correct. You missed it. Don't worry. And and podcasting is an audio medium, so for those of you that can't see, he very just he he just tried hung to, my head in shame to just sneakily stealth. He he tried to be stealthy, but he wasn't, and he just grabbed it. And he was pulling it towards him, and I know Deshaun, you were looking at him. You knew what he was doing. He was going to take a pool. 
But I pointed at him and I said, put it down. <laughs> Just don't want to be wrong on all of them again. Hey, Sorry, I'm, I'm going to set the bar low. Trust me. All right. This was a tough tasting. It was. Zeke, we, we interrupted you. We it's were rude. Okay. But which one did you like the best? Well, I'll, I'll finish out by saying 131.9 I thought was lighter fruit than 129.5, much more orange or citrus. Overly warm, less flavor, but the finish was actually bitter. Probably the only bitter finish I could get out of the four. 132.5. Nose was much more sugary. Apples, maybe candied. Palate was warm, almost grapey. Finish just faded, but it was really warm. And I... My notes probably don't reflect this as much, but it was just really warm. And all these are high proofs, but that one just stood out as being a heater for whatever reason. I don't mind high proofs, but that one was, was a little too hot versus the flavor it needed. You know, I know my nose isn't working as good as it should, so we're not really trusting my, my palate and my nose this week. But... What I would say is I did make sure that I tasted all of these as well. I found the 132 was a little bit too hot. It was, it was just too much. It didn't eat. And that had been the one that I had for a while. It was open for a long time. And it was just uh, yeah, still that, really hot. What was even more interesting was the other three other than that one were fresh pops. That one had just been opened. And it was still just there's a, a little too much. And yeah, I've so had that open for months and months and months. It was a rocket ship. Yeah. And I just really expected that to mellow out at this point. And it was just still really hot. I still even tried to sniff these. I don't think there's a lot of variance on the nose if you're trying to look for differentiators here. The 129 and a half and, and the 130, I think, are pretty close to each other. The difference is is that the 129.5 is going to have a little more fruitiness, a little more flavor. I think for our experiment here, the 130 is a little bit more balanced and might lend itself to the difficulty that Ryan is finding himself in yes. at this point. The same thing with you, Deshaun. Yes, it's difficult. I agree. But I, uh, if, if we're looking at just a rating of the Stag Junior side by side, you could give me that 129.5 or you could give me that 130. I would be happy. Content, for sure. And I love higher proof stuff. I love the stuff that's over 130. But for the purposes of this experiment, given what everybody just said, we have taken the 130 proof Stag Junior and we have put it up against a George T. Stag from 2017. We've also put it up against the 2017 release of the Colonel E.H. Taylor 128.1 proof barrel proof. All right, guys, let's do the tail of the tape here before the fight. The 2017 George T. Stag is Mashbell 1. The suggested retail is 90. Although you might find it a little bit higher in stores, and you will find it anywhere from 350 to 400 right now on secondary. It is 15 years old, distilled in 2002 from warehouses C, K, and M at Buffalo Trace. The proof is 129.2. An interesting fact is there was 309 barrels that were used to make up this year's batch, which was the highest yield that they've ever had of GTS at over 30,000 barrels. If you think about that, what, what makes up the small batch versus a single barrel, they have mashed together 309 barrels to make up this batch. 
it's pretty accessible this year. I, th- I think that makes it uh, pretty interesting. I still wish I got a bottle, but Ryan at least is a good enough guy to share. People didn't want to drink it last night. We'll drink it tonight. Stag Junior is also Mashville number one. It is $49.99. Age is about eight to nine years. We did try the 130.0 in this tasting. Also know that this is Mashville number one. The Colonel E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof is also Mashville number one of Buffalo Trace. The age is around six years. It will go 70 to $80 depending on where you find it. Secondary on this one might be around 110 to 120 So that is the tail of the tape. What we are going to do here is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to let everybody taste these blind, put down their notes, put down their guesses. When we come back from this, we're going to... Zeke is always really good with that tape recorder. So he's going to press it. We're going to fast forward through this. You're going to hear a sound. We'll come back out of that. We'll see what everybody's guesses are. After we go through the guesses, which I know Ryan's a little bit scared about. But ready. But ready. After we go through those guesses, everybody will talk about what they had, what those tasting notes are. But guesses first, and then we'll talk apples to apples. So Zeke, go ahead and push that button. All right, we are back. We have taken some time. We have given this blind tasting the respect that it deserves. And I think, Deshaun, you were saying while we were in the break that you love us and hate us right now because this has been a little bit of a challenge. I don't think you were expecting this. Yeah, this is going to totally ruin my reputation in the uh, bourbon industry like that matters, the secondary. Um, (laughs) But, you know, after the weekend that I've had, some on social media, you know, it's been a pretty epic weekend. I think this was one of the toughest blind tastings I've had in a long time. And normally... You're, you're used to putting together some big Willets side by side. Willets, whatever. But this was uh, this was mind-boggling in, in some aspects is how similar these pours were. All so wa- what all, was it? All I want to say is welcome to the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> One man. <laughs> Three blinds. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so what was it that made it so tough about this? these three? Well, you know, age is just a number, both in real life and in bourbon. Um, and then proof uh, is deceptive. But these, the, these were all within, you know, one or one and a half points of being exactly the same proof. Age, you know, guesstimation, you know, eight to 15 years and, you know, 15, seven years. But that, that, that's not a huge margin um, when you're dealing with barrel proof, cash strength type product. It can be very deceptive. So it was it's really tricky. So Deshaun, that is a very, very good point. If these you know, if age is deceptive, mm-hmm. we know these are all the same mash bill. Mm-hmm. What I would then come back and say is what are the differentiators then that would make what justifies spending the highest amount on George C. Stagg and the lowest amount on Stagg Jr. And maybe that's what we're gonna find out in this tasting. But what are the differentiators between the three? You know, I think what it comes down to, and with most whiskeys, it's going to be personal preference. Now, when you throw that dollar factor in, 
it's like, wow, why am I paying $400 for a stag? Why am I paying 80 or $100 for a, a barrel proof or 60 or sometimes $100 for a junior? That personal preference on the palate, the, 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 what stands out to you, what you seek, is what's going to differentiate value versus flavor, especially in this tasting for me. But what do you think, Zeke, first, and then Ryan, what, what do you think is going to make the difference between these three bottles? There's plenty of factors. It all goes into placement, wood, etc. I mean, those are the two most. If nothing else, even what was going on the day it was distilled. Plenty of people will tell you that Rickhouse placement may or may not factor into things. But Four Roses, for example, plenty of people that know well more than you and I, or I will speculate this table does, will say the date distilled matters the most, not where it was placed in the rickhouse. I agree with that, and I disagree with that at the same time. Like If you think about how Booker's came to be, mm-hmm. Booker realized that if there was the certain part of the rickhouse where the barrels were shinier, depending on where it was, he knew that that's where the water was, that's where the guys were standing and actually kind of taking the dust off the barrels. So there are, and and that just happened to be the center cut of floor five, there are those variables that come into play that only intrinsic tribal knowledge of the distillery is gonna get you. And then there's other stuff on that we just know, something that's higher up is gonna get more heat Something that's lower down is going to be colder. Possibly have a window that if the barrels have a window near them, that the light is shining on them. What's the age of the wood that was put in the barrel? The amount of of times that the rickhouse was actually visited. Yeah. I mean, I know. know, That's part of it. I know for this weekend alone that even Deshaun and I, we've we've sat back and have already discerned that we have two very different palettes. Very different. Um, and so I think it's that's one of those things where we look at the junior, we look at the EHT barrel proof, we look at the stag uh, senior, and we just go, what do you prefer? And in, like like he had already mentioned earlier, that it all depends on what you what your personal preference is. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what what everybody comes up with. So what do you, real quick before we go into this, there's a bunch of variables that could come into play here. We talked a little bit about those. It could be where it is, the wood. It could be, you know, how many times it was visited, all that fun stuff. We're going to get into the tasting, but Deshaun, let me ask you first. What do you look for when you do a tasting? What is appealing to you more so than anything else? I'm very simple. Um, You know, bourbon is not simple. Every, Every batch has its own DNA, but... I look for, does it have a good nose, does it have a palate, and does it have a finish? Then I follow up, what are the special characteristics that I get out of a taste, out of a bottle? Then I start adding those additional pluses and minuses. That's what I look for. You know, I like caramel, I like chocolate, I like what every other guy likes, but I start there. I start with the basics. Because there's so much stuff out there. That sounds more complex than even me. I mean, one of the reasons that I was so good at at track and, and uh, football and those things. It was John C. Ball, John Throw Metal Ball, John C. Metal Disc, John Throw Metal Disc. I thought the reason you liked ETL originally was it was like unsweet tea. <laughs> I mean, you are from the north. 
And it is essentially unsweet tea. I gotta take it. With Splenda. With Splenda, might I add. Rose, maybe. I just think ETL is unsweet. It's surprisingly <laughs> complex. <laughs> surprisingly, it's sorry for the noise. It surprised a he, lot of he people. Just, he's going to stick to his his home base. I mean, at this point now, I I like his hat. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the man knew how to wear a hat. Bear Bryant had his hat. Albert had his hat. Just like. Booker had his hat, so you know what? It's okay, John. We still love you. It's the bald head. I like a guy that wears a hat. Ryan, what do you look for when you're when you're not? What are your tasting notes? What do you look for? Yeah, no, I think I think the biggest thing that I look for since I've gotten with a lot of different friends that actually enthusiasts, I would say that have become friends that enjoy bourbon, they have gotten me into nosing more bourbon and whiskey. I'm I'm a guy that's like. You know what? I'm just going to swirl it around. Yeah, it looks good. Similar to wine. I'll take a quick sniff. You know, I'll roll it around my palate to see see what I taste. And to me, I still kind of do that. I take a little bit more time. I know Deshaun sits with a glass for a good five, ten minutes. And he's swirling it around and looking at it and is commenting on the color. And my, my sample's half gone. And he's like, what did you do? And I, I, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm drinking it. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, you just, you just. And might I add, might I add to that is, I, I look for an experience. Well, see, my experience is being with everybody drinking. Deshaun has a intimate relationship with the bourbon that he is drinking, and that's where that's what I'm getting taught. Love is a real thing. So to me, it's the flavor profile <laughs> when I am actually drinking it that I look forward to. Clearly, I know who was Little Spoon here this weekend. <laughs> Just make that the teaser. <laughs> right. Essentially what you're saying is you're looking for a bourbon that's going to hold you and tell you everything's going to be okay. Exactly. Zeke, what do you look for? I don't look for anything. I look for a good time. <laughs> no note on the pillow. Just a good time. <laughs> no. Obviously, I I have my preferences, but I, I try to never be subjective. Anybody wants to offer me a pour, I'm not going to say no and... You know, if I get something out of it, I'll say what I get, and it is what it is. That's the fun of it. Well, and I think that's the thing why I like picks and why I like these things that are unique that you can't really get, like Willet and things like that, because, and I'm not just saying that because both Zeke and D-Shot are here, but I can go and go to the store and get an Eagle Rare, and I know what that's going to taste like. I can go to the store and get an Albert T. Lee. Well, I can't do that anymore, but I used to be able to go to the store and get an Albert T. Lee, and I know what that's going to taste like. But these picks and these other things, they are uh, their experiences that you don't necessarily have. Putting a George T. Stag, a Colonel E.H. Taylor, and a Stag Jr. together and doing a blind tasting on it, that's something you don't get every day. And that's what you know we're all about. So before we ramble too much, and I'm not apologizing for that, it's good discussion. Let's go through the guesses. Uh, Ryan, we're going to make you go last. So Deshaun, you go first. You tell us what you think you had, and then we will talk about the tasting notes. But tell us one, two, three, what you thought they were, and which one you like the best. I'm not going to bet on myself, but uh, number one, I had Stag. Number two, 
I had it was a toss up between two and three, believe it or not, between Stag Jr. and E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Stag Jr. and number three, uh, E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof. You were very worried about what your results were gonna be. Very worried. Wedding my wedding myself worried. Wedding yourself worried. Yes. You thought that you were gonna lose respect in the bourbon community. I don't know if I ha- ever had any respect, but uh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I would say, and, and I know you guys are being modest, but you and Zeke are people, you got to follow the tags, right? So when something comes out and someone immediately de- tags Deshaun and Zeke and says, what are your guys' take on this? There's a couple other people that we know, but I mean, me even just being an outsider in your world, when the tags go up immediately for you. That's high praise. And that's a lot to live up to, isn't it? Yes, very much so. So this is really tense for you right now, and I'm making it worse, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sweating profusely, honestly. Well, you could rest easy okay. because you got them all right. Thank you. Which one did you like the most? Um, number one. Oh, I think that's obvious because what I will tell you during the break is Deshaun asked for more. He asked me to fill up his blinds again. I know what everybody's blinds are. They are in all different orders for everybody. But I did not partake in the blinds, although I did taste these so we could talk about it in the tasting section. Great job, Deshaun. Welcome to the Thunderdome. You pass with flying colors. Thank you. Zeke. We move on to you. What were your guesses? And what you were, were guesses your or notes or just guesses? Not notes yet. We'll get to notes. Guesses? I had one as the junior, two as E.H. Taylor, and three as Mr. George T. Stagg. So you have big shoes to live up to in the bourbon community as well, don't you? Hey, if I miss, I miss. I'm just telling you what I thought. Well, which one did you like the most? GTS. Number three. Well, good job. I'm very proud of you. But number one for you was George T. Stagg. <laughs> number two was EHT Barrel Proof, 128.1. And number three was the Stagg Jr. 130. At least I called out the EHT. Yeah, I mean, I think Stags are going to have a similar profile. And we know that things were... I can't. We are messing with Ryan so much on this show. Zeke, at least, I mean, it, it brings back, and, and it's something that Zeke and I did previously when we were just doing Instagram Lives, is we put Stag Jr. up against a Stag. And I think this one was much, I think, Zeke, we were a lot different on this one because we did try all the Stags first. And I think putting it up against that 2014 Stag which is what we did before, that 2014 stack was really, really good. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I don't really feel bad in my results. Uh, I don't I, I don't think you should. I, I think I picked out the EHT, which you prefer I don't. I make it known I don't. And I got EHT on it heavily. One in three, hit or miss. But either way, that they had a, well, let's they talk had a staggish to them. Let's talk about the tasting notes here in a second, because let, let's get to Ryan. Ryan, I so, know I know this is making you really sweat it out. I, am, my, my, I ran away. my palms are sweating right now because prior to this is if if anybody has listened to the Shranahan's podcast, I got all of them wrong. Asked Zeke prior to if he had 
mix them up separately comparative to all the same and I got them all wrong after hearing what everybody has done and now I've heard what everybody's done and mine aren't exactly in the same order that everybody's is so I don't necessarily want to say what mine is but we're gonna go with it because we're gonna press on so my first guess is the GTS. Uh, my second guess is the 130 Stag Junior, and my third guess is 128.1. Go on, John. Tell me what the guesses are. <laughs> Man, that's like I'm having a Ron Lake which, show. Which one did you like the best? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tell you, John. <laughs> Ryan is never going to do another podcast. Did you like any of them? Again. I loved them all equally. <laughs> no, no, no. Naturally. No, no, no. Well, I'm telling you. Which one did you like? Which one did you like? There's nothing wrong. Number one, I liked the most. Okay. And it wasn't because it was GTS. It actually had a weird cherry. Well, it wasn't GTS. Uh, so. I figured that. I figured that. <laughs> With all the laughter. I liked it number one because I got weird well, cherry. I no, told I'm you, telling I you, told you I'm, don't go I'm giving you no. I'm giving you tasty notes at least on number one. It got a honey and graham cracker taste, and I liked it. And I thought it was E uh, H Taylor at first, but I changed my mind. And I thought it was I feel GCS. like he's like the water boy. Like Mama said, alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> I'm never coming to school again. Tell me, <laughs> I'm telling what these are. I'm writing them down. Number one. Was one twenty eight point one EHT? Well, which is actually great because I told you that that is my favorite bottle, and I actually like but the more. We just George killed Stag. your bottle, so I got two more. Number two was George T. Stag. Oh. Number three was Stag Junior. That is awesome for me. Now, even, well, even if I got it wrong, I'll trade you the rest of your Stag for a one twenty eight one. I mean, you liked it the best. I Why certainly not? did. Certainly and you only have, I mean, you probably, we, we put a good debt in that bottle. You sure you don't want to trade? No. Okay. Let's talk about differentiators. Let's talk about tasting notes. We'll go through them all. Let's talk about the George C. Stag first. Mm -hmm. I'll kick it off and say, even though I was not a part of the blind, I found I could tell the George C. Stag because it had an oilier mouthfeel mm -hmm. than the other two. What really uh, set it apart is it was a little bit thicker. Deshaun could probably back that up because he immediately said, I know which one the George C. Stag is. Yeah. Uh, number one, George C. Stag. It had the caramel, it had the balance, it had the spice, vanilla. And for me, it had the tail sign. It had just enough oak that showed the age. That's what stood out for me. Yeah. Um, so. So, Ryan, tell us about number two because that was really your George C. Stag. Whatever, I forget what you thought it was, but. Sure. It was what I thought to be the Stag Junior. Okay, but tell us your tasting notes on number two. I thought it was a little sweet. Um, you know, I put thin. I put thin <laughs> as what I got. I thought the I thought number one was was a, was a Stag, but again, we didn't know what any of these were as a blind. So I put sweet. I put thin. I put sugary. Again, I already made up my mind that number one was the stag. So I said, everything else. I again, when I when we're doing these blinds, you have to be. I have to be confident in what I believe it is, and I don't want to be wishy washy about it. So as soon as I thought it was the junior, 
I said this is what it's going to be. No, and I, and I honestly had the, the same thoughts um, for what I thought was Junior was my number one. Notes, very simple. Apples and astringency. Palette warm, light fruit. Still some astringent. Finish. The alcohol just lingered much more than the fruit as opposed to three, which I thought was George T. Stag, which was just very dark, sweet, very deep to me. Palette, layers of dark, warmth just built, but it was not hot. And for a finish, it was just dark cherry once the evaporation occurred. And listen, we're having fun with you, Ryan, but I think the interesting thing, and, and what I would say, and this is why our whole thing is hashtag rethink how you drink, I think what you did, if I were to put some psychology here, is you found the one that you liked the most, rather than thinking about what are the characteristics of each one. In a subjective way. And yeah. then you looked at it subjectively to say, I like I like this one the most, this must be George T. Stack. Mm-hmm. And, and when you put those three together, saying that, I know that's what you did. I mean, it's one yeah. of those things you don't necessarily need to even tell me. You could just say, yeah. I, I, but I wouldn't hate you for that, and I wouldn't get down on, on you for that, because you just looked at what the best, quote-unquote, best bottle on the table was and assigned it to the best taste profile you had. I, I, I totally agree with that, but I do want to... I want some backup here that originally I had said that 128.1 prior to this this blind was better than Stag. I just, you know, for me, I don't I don't always trust my level of know-how of the bourbon that I'm drinking because I'm still new. I'm still I'm still two years in of, of really trying, you know, some of the epic pours, so to speak, or, or the bigger pours at least. And so when I try something, I'm like, well, I think 128.1 to me is a little bit better. But when I've got stag on the table, you go, I do decide that maybe stag senior is is the better pour. And and I just don't know all that much. Might I add that there's one factor that we're forgetting in this. And, you know, there's that toss up, that 50-50 group. But airtime. Yeah. Between... How long these bottles, individuals in this tasting and just abroad, <clears throat> how long the bottle's been open can really play a factor in what you perceive in your mind and what you taste. Because for me, I, I, I've got them all right, but it was a struggle because the stag junior that I picked out, or the, not the stag that I picked out, does not taste like the stag that I've recently tasted. My own personal bottle. Because my bottle's been open for three months. And we just cracked months. that one yesterday. And the 128-1 was cracked today. Was it a, the 128-1 E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof? Oh, I'm sorry. That's been that's been open for the last five, six months. Yeah, so that that's what made it tough for me. Because I remember the first time I opened the Stag, um, you know, it, 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 it had, you know, it wasn't really roped in. It wasn't hooked up. And I, I attribute that to, like, the Stag Junior. The Stag Junior is a cowboy bourbon. It, you're, you've been, you're along for the ride. So between the three, it kind of really gave me a, a, a mind confusion. So yeah. I wouldn't be, no, wouldn't be ashamed at all. And equally to that note, as someone that's not an E.H. Taylor fan, I think it just stands out to me like my notes. Nose, dead, E.H. Taylor, copper. 
I don't necessarily what, know what that means, but to me, it's the copper. That you don't know a lot of what you put down sometimes. So <laughs> you're to, like, I'm getting sassafras. To me, to me, it's the <laughs> copper pickles. that every E.H. Taylor has, unless you let it sit open forever in a day and a half. There's just something about what goes into it that I, I can pick up. I don't know. Well, and you hate... And, and not to keep it. I don't hate it. it, it no, but you hate a fresh pour of VHT. When we give, well, you know, when we fresh. have something open that's a, a small batch or a single barrel, you yeah. can definitely tell when it's a fresh crack opposed to something that's been open for a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like the profile notes I have. Very simply, palate cinnamon bomb builds up lots of tannins finish by the time you work that thing it just gets hot and then it just fades out like it to me that that's every single eh taylor whether it be small batch single barrel barrel proof they all are just true to form so to speak and it, i mean it's what it is I, i'm not knocking it but it at least it's consistent you have any other notes right yes he loves lamp you know since i, I got there I love since, desk. Since I got them all wrong again, it's hard to give the tasting notes of what I had. So let, let's take a step back here yeah. because I, I think I think you're down on yourself and you shouldn't be because Zeke got two of them wrong. You know, D-Shot happened to get them right. I probably would have got some wrong had my nose worked. But it ultimately goes down to... The, the whole goal of what we're trying to do and the whole goal of, of what people really should be doing because you might go run out say somebody goes on secondary yes. and buys that George C. Stag for 350 to 400 bucks yeah all hype and yeah and you and, and people see the name and they don't necessarily know that the 2017 stag is going to taste different than the 2016 stag, taste different than the 2015 and the 2014. You just see the name. You really have to try some of these things first, especially once you get to a higher tier. Yes. So you are hitting home exactly what we're trying to get at to say, don't just blindly go in and think and I am buy on the absolutely yeah, going to buy exactly. something on the name. Learn more about yourself. Yeah, your personal preferences and and cling to that before you follow the masses. Well, and I and I, I think even like like I said earlier, um, prior to this, I had tried the uh, a few of my friends George T. Staggs, and I had said previously that the one twenty eight one was, in my opinion, better than the 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 Stag. And when you do it blind, blinds don't lie, and that's exactly what happened today. I just said, I mean, I didn't. I didn't just say it was the stag was my favorite, but my favorite was the number one, which was the 128.1. I assumed it was the stag because I'm not confident in in my palate. Am I able to to discern which one is better yet? So, but I, I hope this gives you more confidence, even though you didn't get them right. What it's doing is it's reaffirming. It's like you're going in and and you're doing a multiple choice question. Yes, and you know the answer is A. Yes. And then you're sitting there looking at it and saying, what if it's a trick question? What if it's really B? And that's what you're doing. But the answer, you know the answer is A. Right. I, and then, you know what? I can't wait because these three bottles are mine. So it's we'll, we'll be able to, or I'll be able to at least blind myself later to check out whether, oh, no, 129.5 is not mine. Or one, 
whatever it no, is. No, this is 1.30. Oh, it's it is one thirty. So I'll be able to do this again uh, in, in with some airtime because as we already talked about, Depending on how long these have all been open, we just opened the 130 today. We opened the one, uh, the Stag Senior, uh, yesterday at the Epic Pour, that which nobody drank out of. So, <laughs> I'll be opening a 128 one when I get home, and I'll be able to give Which everything it was some never opened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Ryan, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we like you. We're, we're you're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to go in and try things, and, and let's talk about it. And I think that goes to the importance of the people that you're actually talking to, right? And I'll, I'll go to Deshaun first and, and Zeke because I know you two talk to each other a lot about you know will it things that might come out other things that, that you try you found that your palettes are pretty similar is it just about finding people that have similar palettes or is it about finding people that have a variance of palettes i don't necessarily look for guys that like the exact same things i like i like variance i like difference um, because it keeps me humble it keeps me focused it keeps me uh, searching for that next good pour you know, Ryan, did, I've learned that Ryan doesn't have the same palate that I do. Zeke and I have, I, I call almost a symbiotic palate. If Zeke likes it, I'm like, I'll just buy it kind of deal. But I like the fact that I meet Ryan. He doesn't like necessarily what I like, but that'll keep me searching. Like maybe I'll find another bottle that I would necessarily would not gravitate to, but I'll try it. Maybe you'll like 128.1 more than Stag. No. No, <laughs> that, that that will not happen. But it, it's okay. It's okay. I appreciate that, and I appreciate it because then you can send me off to the bottles that you will not buy and that I should buy. So I, it, it's very easy there. We we're not going to be competing for that. So is the moral of the story is there's enough space on the shelf for everybody because everybody's palate's different. Oh, easily. I mean, it, it, it's fun. Like. You know, a you make good friends, which first and foremost is by far the the best thing ever. But B, you know, you you talk, you divulge, you you both taste things. Whether you send out some samples in the mail or you're together, you eventually learn each other's palates, and and then you you really start to you know, all right, I can trust his opinion, even when he tells me no, it was crap. I, I dumped out three quarters of the pour. But you're going to like it, which sounds almost obnoxious. But once you get to that point with somebody, that's where you understand, all right, I need to buy this, not that, and or explore these things. But it's just such a better level of understanding and just, I guess, camaraderie and, and whatnot. Well, I think the moral of the story here is that the thing that makes bourbon so great is community. And we are very, very appreciative, uh, both to Ryan and Deshaun for coming down, spending the weekend with us, being here for our one-year anniversary. So thank you guys for coming. It thank was you a for having us. Yeah, thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. We hope you come back again. This has been a lot of fun. Zeke, do you have anything to say to the folks before we go out? I mean, I think by Ryan's fourth tasting, he's going to get one right. I think he'll get one right <laughs> at some point. Fourth tasting. He is 0 for 6 right now. Fourth. No, I think we had, we had four, didn't we? Oh, no, I'm at the fourth time here. Oh, sorry. yeah, no, fourth time. Oh, no, I got, sorry, I got you're one for seven. You're yeah, over thank seven. You. This, is only, got... this is only the second trip. I'm saying by the fourth, I got confidence. Soon. But he has had seven different pours, and he has got all seven wrong. Listen. So he's over seven. <laughs> Listen, hopefully next time, but definitely the fourth time, 
I'll be ready. Yes. Statistically, you should be. We'll put moonshine in one of the cups. As long as I do it eyes closed, I should be able exactly. to discern which one that well, is. Well, no, eyes closed, you're not going to know. Well, stay tuned. Ryan will come back at some point. Hopefully, we'll get Deshaun back as well, and we will see how they do again. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Find us on Facebook at Dad Strinking Bourbon. Find us on Instagram at Dad Strinking Bourbon. You can also find our podcast on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Podknife. We're trying to get on TuneIn and uh, Spotify as well. So stay tuned. Hopefully, we'll do that. But Zeke, where else can they find us? Nashville, Tennessee. We thank you all for listening to us. Come back again and see us soon. Cheers. Bye.